Dear gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the opportunity we have here together this morning. We thank you that we are able to come and to worship you together as the body of Christ. Father, we pray, our Lord, of the word, of the reading of the word, of the praying of the word. Lord, help us to worship you even now as we come to the preaching and teaching of the word. Father, give us ears to hear and eyes to see. Help us to delight in your word and what you have done for us in Christ. God, help us with joy in you. Father, Lord, we recognize we're not the only church that is gathered, though, this morning. Father, this morning we want to pray uh, for Odin First Baptist Church and their pastor, Roger uh, life in, in that congregation. Father, we pray that your word would be faithfully proclaimed there, that you would build up the saints there, Lord, so that that church may exalt for Grace City Church in New York. Father, we pray, Lord, that it, as the gospel it goes forth uh, at Grace City Church and there in New York, Father, Lord, to see many come to faith and reach through the power of the gospel. We pray, Lord, for uh, their pastor, Steve Chambers, and his wife, Tony, Lord, as they go about this work. Lord, uh, often when these churches are planted, Lord, there, there is no churches around that are healthy or, or there's a, a lack of number of churches. So, Father, we pray for them as often they can be feeling lonely in this great work. So, Father, we pray, Lord, that you would strengthen our brother Steve and, and his wife, uh, Tony, in that. Father, give them the strength they need. Sustain them in this ministry, O oh Lord. And Lord, would you do a mighty work there. God, we also want to pray for um, Muslims around the world as they are in the midst of Ramadan. Father, Lord, whether here in uh, Central City or, or in the heart of the Middle East, Father, Muslims are, are fasting from food during, and drink during the day. They grow tired and weary by nightfall and and yet they break the fast in celebration and hoping that they can earn forgiveness, that they can earn and, and sanctify themselves somehow by this discipline. God, I pray for IME missionaries around the world in these places, Lord, in particular, to have opportunities to share that there is a better way, the only way, through Christ, that he came and laid down his life so that their sins could be forgiven. That he rose from the grave, defeating sin and death. God, I pray that this word would bring forth in the Muslim world so that many might turn and come to Jesus. God, this morning we also want to lift up uh, two of our own and during this pastoral prayer. Father, Lord, we want to pray for our brothers Larry and Augie. Uh, Lord, both of them uh, did not have favorable results this past week in, in their doctor's appointments. Father, we want to lift up our two brothers and just ask God that you would heal them. Lord, even as we look at your at the authority given to King Jesus this morning, we pray, Lord, that that would comfort both Larry and Augie in that. Father, Lord, we pray that you will strengthen them, knowing that you are their refuge and their strength. Even in the midst of uh, battling cancer, God, we pray uh, for you to be near to them, for them to feel your presence. 
God, we just lift up our voices in unity this morning, praying for these two dear brothers. We ask for you to work, because you are the one who is sovereign over it all. We come to you expecting, and we come to you trusting. Not our work, but yours be done. But help them both to know that you are a God who is in you, and who they can find refuge and confidence in. We ask and we pray these things in the name of King Jesus, our Lord. Amen. On a much lighthearted note, um, this morning we returned to Agrippa and the movie Aladdin. At the end of the movie, after medieval Jafar versus Aladdin, Jafar seemingly has won. He has control of the land. He has control of the genie. He's proclaiming to be the most powerful sorcerer in the world. Powers and he can take them. <laughs> but the point is, here Jafar thinks he has all this power and authority. He falls for Aladdin's trap and he said, Genie, for my final wish, I wish to be an all powerful genie. He's got the world in his hands and he, he's got this cosmic power. But what he doesn't know is he's still in chains in a slavery. All powerful genie. Yeah, little bit of space. Cosmic power. He's got this great brothers and sisters, friends. We come to one who's even far more powerful than this morning. The Messiah King is one with greater authority and greater power. He is held in no land, no chains of bondage. He has to serve no one and yet comes to serve. We're going to look at as we I will go ahead and open there so these it won't be a coffee instead. Because here we see Jesus' authority over nature itself and even that of death. That's what we come to this morning as we pick up. So follow with me on that day. When evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was, and other boats were with him. And a great rainstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, You're perishing? And he awoke. Peace be still, and the wind ceased, and there was a great. Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea country of the garrison? And when Jesus had stepped out of the boat, immediately there met him. No one had He saw Jesus' hand fell down before him. In voice, he said, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I adjure you by God, do not torment me. For he was saying to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit, and just legion out of the country. 
Now a great herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, and they begged him, send us to the pigs in the city and in the country. And the people came to see what it was that had happened. And they came to Jesus and saw the demon-possessed man, the one who had the legion sitting there. Those who had seen it described to them what had happened to the demon-possessed man. And they began to beg Jesus to the they began to beg Jesus to depart from the region. As he was getting into the boat, the man and he did not permit him, but said to him, Go home to your friends. And began to claim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And seeing him, he fell at his feet and implored him earnestly, saying, My little daughter, lay your hands on her, so that she and a great crowd followed him and thronged about him. And there was a woman with a discharge of blood for twelve years, and who had suffered much under many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was no better, rather, grew worse. She had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd in his garments. I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up. And she felt in her body that she was still of her disease. And Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing around you, and yet you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. While he was still speaking, there came from the ruler's house some who said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not fear, only believe. And he allowed no one to follow him except Peter and James and John, the brother of James. They came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and Jesus saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. And when he entered, he said to them, Why are you making the commotion and weeping? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. Outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in where the child was. Taking her by the hand, he said to her, Taliba Kumi, which means little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately was amazing. And he strictly charged them that no one should know this. He told them to give her something to eat. If I have studied and understood this text rightly, the main point of the sermon. And the main point of the text is this. Jesus is the king who rules over creation, demonic powers, illness, and even death. Therefore, Christian, let our faith rest secure in our king who sits on the throne. Let me repeat that. Therefore, Christian, let our faith rest secure in our king who sits on the throne. We're going to look at this in two points. 
Point number one, the authority of the king, which will cover most of our time this morning. And point number two, the response of the king. Point number one, the authority of the king. When we think of kings, whether it be King Arthur or kings of the lands of different nations, we expect a king to have authority over his people. We expect him to come and have some type of authority. So it's not the king is expected to have authority. Authority to set the people free from Roman rule. The authority to uh, the authority Jesus shows here is far greater. It's an authority over illness, death. It's authority over nature itself, and that's what should cause us to pause this morning and marvel at who Jesus is. Jesus is one with great authority. I want us to look at the different scenes here and look and see and just slow down at what exactly Jesus has authority over. Let's look here in 435 through uh, the end of chapter 4 and, and Jesus' authority over nature. They get into a boat Jesus teaches and as they're crossing the sea, a storm lifts up. Keep in mind, the, the disciples with Jesus, many fishermen, the water is what they're used to. They're not used to it being just calm and still. They're not like some of us who would get on a, a yacht or a boat and see some water getting a little choppy. And like, well, I'm not sure about this. They're used to the storms rolling in, especially in the Sea of Galilee. This was below sea level in a boat shape. So if you've never been in a, in a stadium or a bowl-shaped lake, winds come into it and whip up quickly. Uh, we experience this in high school all the time. The, the football field we played on set below the rest of the school property. So it was a big bowl. What we see kind of the sea here, 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 panicking and freaking out, out. We're going to perish, verse 38. But it said to do you not care that we are perishing? perishing? Two things that should reveal to us about Jesus right off the bat as he wraps. Mark uses this word immediately over and over throughout the gospel. Jesus is like, he, he sits down falls asleep in the boat. I know from hearing stories, man, there's some of us that relate to this. We sit down and that push button, it shows his humanity here. But that's not even the most important part. Here we see that Jesus was calm because he knew who he was. He's lying there asleep, not freaking out. And in fact, what we see here following, it says, and he woke and rebuked the wind and the sea. Peace be still. Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? Jesus was calm in the midst of the storm where the disciples were panicking. The disciples were called to follow Jesus. They were obedient and following him. And yet, there's still a lack of faith. There's still a lack of understanding who Jesus is. That's why they panicked. And why Jesus didn't. 
He knew he was about to calm. This storm was to show exactly who he was to his own disciples. The disciples who last week we looked at didn't get why Jesus spoke in parables. And even to, to reference back there, in Mark 4, verses 10 through 12, we see that Jesus spoke in parables. There in particular, in verse 12, it says, So that they may indeed see, but not perceive, and may indeed hear, but not understand, lest they should turn to be forgiven. Here, Jesus' disciples, his own disciples who are going with him from place to place, aren't getting who he is. How much more are those others not trying to get who he is? His own disciples don't get, let alone the Christ. They're not ready to know fully who he is. Some of those that would have heard in these parables, it's not saying that, that Jesus had right there in the moment that they would never come to faith. That's not what it's saying here when it says they should turn and be forgiven. It just wasn't the time. It wasn't, they weren't ready to receive. One, some of these would later come to faith through Jesus' ministry as more and more came to realize who he was. Others, though, their hearts would so harden that they would be the ones calling for his crucifixion and death. If Jesus did teach in parables to slowly reveal who he was, the plan of salvation is gone. Jesus would have been crucified before his disciples came to an understanding of who he was. Even here in our text this morning at 435 through uh, 41 there, Jesus taught in these parables to hide these things. The lake was still choppy because the waters don't just quiet that still. There are mighty fools. Jesus said, quiet, be still, or better yet, it should be translated, hush, be silent, because he was telling them to utterly And here he not only calls it to quiet, he defies nature itself. This is something. The other I have to take my word or, or go Google it later. It doesn't just So Jesus King, Jesus is king and he has this type of authority but look it continues in verse or verse 1 of chapter 5 they go to the other side they go to the country of the garrisons and immediately a demon comes out an unclean spirit a possessed man he comes out he's no notice how it describes him here in verse 3 he lived among the tombs and no one could find him anymore not even with a chain for he had often been bound with shackles and chains, but he wrenched the chains apart and he broke the shackles in pieces. No one had the strength to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs, and all he was all out and cutting himself with stones. Then many had hold of him. So he was not able to be bound. And yet, this one that was powerful, this one that had not previously been bound, comes to Jesus, crying out, Jesus, Son of the Most High, what have you to do with me? What have you to do with me? The demon comes and shudders as he falls at the feet of Jesus, because he recognizes the one who is before him. 
who has authority. In fact, there in verse 7 it says, And crying out with a loud voice, he said, What have you to do with me? Jesus, the Son of the Most High God, I adjure you by God, do not torment me. So not only was he afraid of Jesus casting him out, he was afraid knowing that Jesus could absolutely torment him and torture him and put him to death. And then it, it just keeps going. And Jesus asked him, What is your name? He replied, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged him earnestly not to send him out of the country. But then he sees a great herd of pigs and has to be sent into him. Here, a powerful demon has to look and fall on his feet or at the feet of Jesus and plead, Don't cast Allow me to go into this herd of pigs, this unclean animal fighting. This demon begging to do to do this. He can't even do it apart from Jesus allowing. This is the authority of the king. So Jesus and the man is now in his right mind. As the king. He's there sitting in calm, but there was no peace before. This is the authority. Of Jesus. He comes and transforms. He has authority over that of the spiritual realm, let alone the earth. The authority of the king keeps growing. Looking at, at the third scene, here we have what is called a marquee sandwich. Think of, of a nice, good brioche bun with roasting in between. That's kind of what we have here in, in this marquee sandwich. And what I mean by that is we have two stories, one on the outside, one packed in the middle. And our teacher welcome for the ad there, too. Again, I enjoyed my marketing degree, or uh, marketing business. Everybody go meet our business after this. We see him as the, the brioche one. And then we put it all. Putting two stories there together and sandwiching them. So here we see Jairus coming up there in verse 21 of chapter 5. And when Jesus took the hand and the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered about him to the side of the sea. Then came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and seeing him, he fell at his feet and implored him, Come and lay your hands on her, so that she may be made well and live. And he went with him. It, this is the start of the story. But notice how it breaks here in verse at the end of verse 24, uh, in what I'm going to call 24b. And a great crowd followed and thronged about him. So, so Jesus is going with Jairus to heal his daughter. And, and because Jairus is in utter despair, he, he's crying out to Jesus to do this. But then as he, Jesus is going, crowds are pressing against him. Think of a concert. Think of, of people in, in a mosh pit type where you're getting bumped into constantly. Uh, some of us may have to think back a few years since the last time we've done that. But think of that type of crowd. That's what's pressing against Jesus. And here Jesus feels power go out and said, who touched me? As all these people are spreading around, it's like, what do you mean who touched you? You're constantly getting bumped into, dude. Come on, Jesus. How are you going to know somebody touched you? Everyone's touching you. Everyone's pressing around us. But yet, as this woman comes up and touches, Jesus perceives this power come out of him. 
woman in immediately doing so has faith that if I just touch Jesus, I'm going to be healed. And immediately she was as soon as she touched Jesus' garment. Although she seemingly could have escaped, or so the story wants us to think. And yet Jesus calls out, who touched me? And looking around the scene, who do it? The woman, knowing what happened there, verse 33, happened to her, came in fear, trembling, and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. Here, the woman in touching is healed. By just simply touching the garment of Jesus, her illness gone. But not only that, Jesus says, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. This isn't just peace between a disease. This is peace of salvation. The woman had faith in Jesus, and therefore she is saved in that. The peace is made between her and God. She is of the redeemed. Jesus has this type of authority to heal sin, illness, and to redeem sinners. He's recapping what he's already done. But here, it jumps back after this to the bottom half of the bun, to the brioche bun again, to finish off the sandwich. It says, while he was still speaking, there came from the ruler's house some who said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not fear, only believe. Now, I want to make this note before I go any further. One, notice the difference here in this Marquis sandwich. Jairus is named, the woman is not. Jairus's position is given, the woman's is not. The woman has faith, and her faith has saved her. Jairus is told, don't fear, have faith. Christian, our position our economic background, our social background, they do not entitle us for salvation. Jerry is here a high position of authority in the synagogue, was called to have faith. The woman who's not even named, no position given, has faith and belief. It's her faith that saves her. Oh, that should be encouraging for our hearts this morning. Here, the woman has been saved. And yet, here, even the wealthy, the Jairus, said, Don't, uh, do not fear, only. And he allowed no one to follow him except Peter and James. They're continuing in verse 37. And John, the brother of James, they came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue. And Jesus saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. And when he entered, he said to them, Why are you making commotion and weeping? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. Here in the midst of Jesus saying, She's not dead, and yet she sings to him. And of course, she is. But notice here what Jesus does. He puts them up there at the end of the room. He goes in, takes the little girl's hand, and says, To leave the who is speaking in the language of Aramaic, just that this is Jesus in the culture is calls to rise. Jesus has authority over death itself. 
Death does not stand against him. Death has no hold when Jesus speaks. So what in the world does all of this, having to weave through all this, have to do with us here in 2021? Christian, a lot. As we see Jesus is the king with great authority, it should cause us to see, indeed, that he is the son of God. That there is no one greater than him. Because no one has this kind of authority. So we should see, one, who Jesus is. Marvel at the authority he has. We should see here also the fact that if Jesus is over these things, how much more should we willingly, joyfully bow before Jesus with utter allegiance? Christian, for 20 years or you have yet to come to Christ, to bow to the King of glory with complete obedience and willingness and eagerness. Because if he has, who's calling the shots of your life? Is it you or is it Christ? Follow you. Wherever you lead, I will go. This is what it means to have despair and hurt and sickness and death. Seeing this authority of Jesus should give He's the one authority over nature itself, even the spiritual realm of the unclean spirit. Jesus is in authority. He's the one in authority. What can stand against him? What can stand against him? Yes, Jesus heals in, in these scenes. He heals Jairus' daughter. He heals along with brothers and sisters. We all should know at this point we're still in eternity. Sickness and illness still come. Death still comes. Jairus' daughter would one day die. Even the woman with the discharge blood would one day of despair. Because he's come to overturn all of this. He's come to make all the sad things true, to quote or paraphrase a children's storybook Bible. Jesus has come to overturn all of this. Just listen as I read Revelation 21, verses 1 through 4. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning. And we can stand with assurance that this is what will come when he returns. In the meantime, let us sing, On Jordan's stormy banks I stand, and cast a wish in happy land where one eternal day there the Son of God forever reigns and scatters not away. I am bound. I am bound. I am bound for the promise. I am bound for the promise. Brothers and sisters, because Christ is 
process until our return, if all, we can rest with our eyes set towards the new heaven, the new earth, the new Jerusalem. And we can say, I am bound for the promised land. Even as sickness, even as disease and illness still reign right now, this is coming, and all will be righted again. Let us rest in this. Let us trust in this promise. But that brings us to our second one, uh, point this morning, and this will be shorter, I promise. What does it mean to respond as people? Let's look again at 435 through 41 briefly. Here in the disciples being scared of the storm, he, Jesus knew no faith. The disciples allowed fear to creep into them. Even though they knew who Jesus was, they still doubted. Therefore, their faith was not very strong. Have faith in who I am. Have faith, not that you won't go through storm. I'm there to chime the comfort. Brothers and sisters, do we not realize that Jesus is with us? That he's with us, strengthening us in the midst of, of life grows at us. In the midst of sickness, he's with us. In the midst of, of suffering and persecutions, he's with us. In the midst of despair, he is with us. Why? We have fear and allow fear to rule instead of faith. Do we think that what Christ said right before his ascension, and lo, I am with you always until the end of the age? There at the end of Matthew 28, verse 20, Jesus is with his people until the end. He will not forsake us, he will not leave us. And that should give us all the confidence in the world. Yes, things might get wrong, but we're with the one who's over and over, and we will stand victorious with him. Next, there in 5, 1 through 20, we see uh, the demon as Jesus comes to the Gerasenes, and, and a, a model of acceptance and rejection. Here the Gerasenes who have known about this demon, the fact that they have bound him and and it did work, the fact that he had broken chains and shackles, that nothing could help him, that he was out of his mind, cutting himself, screaming about, and yet when they see him calm, they reject Jesus. Wait a minute, what? You've just seen the miracle of God, you've just seen one who was previously out of control, now sitting there calm, normal, and in the garrisons, why? Because in seeing who Jesus was, they knew that you could not remain who you were. Coming to faith in Christ does not allow us to stay where we were in sin. It does not allow us to stay the rulers of our own lives. It calls for transformation. The gospel calls for gospel transformation. And the garrisons rejected that. Brothers and sisters, again, who's calling the shots in our lives? Are we being transformed daily by the power of the gospel and seeing that we need to change? 
because we're sinful human beings. The gospel should be changing us. There are those, though, that would reject this because they only want Jesus to get them out of hell free. Jesus is not a get out of hell free card. Jesus is both the Savior, but he's the King, the Lord. Jesus cannot be a Savior and not we must recognize him so. Let Jesus call the shots. Let us follow him with other obedience and allegiance. That's our key. But notice here, towards the end of the story here, there in which are we do? Are we obeying what Christ has called us to do? Despair. There in the story of see Jairus, he comes for his daughter, rightly so. He's desperate, pleading. I would do anything to, to try and make sure Betsy Grace was cared for. Anything. As I know each of you can uh, understand as parents and grandparents. So Jerry goes, the woman comes and has faith that if I just touch Jesus' garment, he's going. The woman has faith. She has faith and believes. Jairus is just reaching for anything of hope. He's reaching out for what might work. Now, whether he comes to faith through this, we don't know. Are we resting by faith with certainty that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life? The world around us wants to tell us that there's multiple ways, and yet we must understand that it's by faith and faith alone we are saved. It is that kind of shattered faith that we're reaching with certainty of who our King is and what He's done for us. Let us not just grasp in despair, let us grasp with certainty because we know. The one who is seated on the throne, the one who has conquered death, the one who has all authority, and that we are with and we will ask trust in that. Brothers and sisters, King Jesus is one with this type of authority. Give us much confidence to stay. Because to me, Heavenly Father, Lord, I think. Opportunity this morning to preach your word. I pray, Lord, that this would sink deep into our hearts. Call to rejoice more of who you are. To see that Jesus is the way to our life. And that he died for our sins and rose. Lord, help us to, to cling to this hope. With confidence and certainty. God, I pray that you will continue to drive this truth deep into our hearts as we go throughout our life. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Can you stand with me and sing our closing.